Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to High Resolution. I'm Seamus Byrne. This week, I'm talking to Rich Lambert, the creative director of Elder Scrolls Online. Rich has been working on the title since its inception, making it a 13-year journey working on the game. Keep in mind, it was in development for seven years before it was officially released in 2014. The game had its struggles early on, but it's now really carved out a unique patch in the MMO space after some big changes a few years back. We discuss this and other aspects of what defines Elder Scrolls Online and how the big story arcs like we find in the new Greymore expansion help keep fans coming back again and again. Greymore is now available, and while this expansion has its costs, of course, you can dive in for free as it is free to play and enjoy an awful lot without ever being forced to pay. I'm a longtime WoW fan, and I spent a bit of time in there lately. After a little confusion, I found the different combat system and the deeper approach to storyline really, really exciting, so it was good fun. There, I started things off in this conversation by asking Rich to describe the rhythm of the Elder Scrolls Online experience, both in the past and where it's heading next. So, man, where to start? Um, I think the the big thing to to your point of the the rhythm, I think um, the whole concept of quarterly updates is kind of one of the things that has been uh, a key in Elder Scrolls Online's kind of success. Um, there's always something new kind of coming into the game. Um, players at this point now are kind of really familiar with the cadence. And so they know, you know, oh, it's okay if I, you know, um, <clears throat> feel like I'm getting a little burned out with, you know, I've finished everything. I don't have anything else to do. They know in roughly three months, they'll have something new to come back to and, and play. And so we kind of see that cyclical nature of I play for a while and then stop and then play for a while and then stop. Or I just play the whole way through knowing that there's always something new. Uh, and that kind of whole concept of the quarterly updates um, was something that we wanted to do before launch. Um, and it took us a while before we kind of figured out how to do it yeah, right. and do it in a way that didn't completely and utterly destroy the team. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's a, it's a lot of work to do. You know, it takes a year, just over a year to build a chapter. Um, so, like, we're already working on next year's chapter. Uh, and we officially haven't launched this year's chapter on all platforms yet. <laughs> Um, and we have three other updates to kind of go in there as well uh, in between all the chapters. So 
And it took us a while. We, um, we found our, our footing shortly after console launch, and we've just kind of been going through that and, and um, delivering on that now. You know, Graymore is our 26th update to the game in five years. Yeah, wow. That's a good that way to think a lot. about it, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that says a lot to the game, right? Um, and the, the whole kind of year-long story narrative, that kind of came out um, – uh, and really evolved as we started kind of looking at what players uh, did and how they played the game. Um, and it was what we found and what we wanted to try um, with the year-long story was um, if when a player comes in, say around, oh, what's the best example here? Say Say around Somerset. So there was Somerset, there were there was a werewolf and vampire kind of dungeon theme in there. Uh, Merkmire capped it off, which was Argonian. So it was all these kind of individual stories that didn't really make a lot of sense. And so you were like, well, is Merkmire the beginning of the year or the end of the year? Is it part of this? Where, where do I start? Where do I go? And so with Elsewhere last year, we were like, okay, we're going to have – a year-long story. There's kind of a beginning, a middle, and an end. Players are going to kind of be able to understand that. And so there's a real easy way for those players that want to start somewhere and play all the way through. They kind of know the the progression. Mm. You can play it in any order, but if you play it in order, there, there will be a, a true progression. And uh, players loved it. Like Elsewhere was a huge success for us. We're like, okay, let's do that again, but try it a different way. Try, try to tell a different story. Yeah. Uh, and that's where we're at with the, with the Dark Heart of Skyrim. That's awesome. And I mean, look, you know, all those shooter guys, like when they update, they're just tweaking some combat systems. They're just, you know, <laughs> they're not trying to tell giant stories. <laughs> it's still hard. <laughs> Updating on any kind of regular cadence is yeah. very, very hard. Yeah. Um, and look, so, you know, also, you know, new expansions don't necessarily mean new levels and things like that in Elder Scrolls Online. So can you explain for sort of outsiders how how progression kind of really works, um, I guess, particularly for those, sort of, you know, uh, highest level players in the game and those who, you know, are deeply embedded in, in what the game has to offer? So a, a lot of what our um, additions, like a new chapter in there or any any of our DLC updates um, what we provide players with is is new types of gear that they can go and chase um, to either supplement their character or play their class a little bit different or character a little bit differently than they, they could have before. Um, in general, we don't or haven't uh, in about a year now raised the level cap. So the champion point system is kind of our veteran progression and it's at 810 right now. Um, we don't we don't add more power there so that there's more grinding for players. Um, we, we prefer kind of the, the breadth. So more types of things for players to go and chase down um, gear-wise and whatnot. Yeah. With Graymore, what we wanted to do differently than other chapters, because previous chapters we have added a new class or a new skill line for you to, to chase, and it was more combat-oriented. With Graymore, we wanted... Uh, there to be a new way to play ESO. So it wasn't just more of the same. It wasn't more questing. It wasn't more killing. We would have that in there, but something completely new, something completely different. And that's where Antiquities came in, which was a new way to play the game that focused heavily on exploration, uh, as well as learning more about the lore. 
and um, we we came up with antiquities, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's nice. And you know, one thing I really find interesting with um, you know live game, like you know, particularly in MMOs, is that idea of. Um, yeah, different games have different takes on the idea of having, you know, like one-off, you had to be there type events, you know, and experiences in the game. What's, you know, what's the Elder Scrolls history on on that side of things, you know, for the for the players who, you know, like to kind of look back and think, oh, I remember that amazing time when that thing happened. Um, but at the same time, I know there's, you know, there's always a balance there on you don't want to set things up that other players can't experience at some point whenever they discover the game and get to explore the the stories and the systems. So, yeah, what's been the, the Elder Scrolls history on that side of things? That's definitely a fine line to walk, right? Um, and what we like to do when we do those types of things is make them central to the player. So make, you know, when the, the world changes as a result of a player action, the, the player sees it, but it's localized to that player. Um, and part of the reason that we do that is because we don't want anybody to feel left out. Um, and uh, we also want to make sure that when we create a piece of content in the world, an event or whatever it is, that we get um, as many eyeballs on it and as many people as possible can participate in it so that it doesn't feel like we're just creating a one-off thing that only a few people are going to see. Yeah. Um, so I guess bang for the buck, although that's kind of a, a dirty term. Um, <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean, we generally try to make things as accessible as possible and give um, as many players as possible an opportunity to see them. Yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and then, you know, I think another sort of big kind of broad question really is, you know, where do you guys try to set that sort of balance on, you know, serving the most loyal players uh, against kind of welcoming in new blood? Um, you know, where's sort of that currently? So, I mean, clearly, you know, I'm sort of a more recent player in Elder Scrolls and seeing that you know, you there's no sort of I don't have to you know play every other thing to get up to the right level in order to start enjoying new content so you know there's a pretty direct line there for someone just arriving um, but you know where's where's that internal sort of thinking on on that's that balance um, I mean obviously we want it to be as accessible as possible um, but we wouldn't be where we are today if it weren't for our veteran players and our community especially. And so we try to make sure that um, all veteran players, their um, escapades are, are realized. So when like a new piece of content comes out, if there is a character, we call them recurring characters, there's a character that they've seen somewhere in previous updates Um and you meet them again in this new update, they will comment on the fact that they know you and they enjoy adventuring with you and whatnot. So Lyris Titanborn is a really good example of that. Um, she is kind of the main or one of the main characters throughout this year-long story, but she was also from launch in the main story. Yeah. And so if you did the main story at launch, uh, Lyris, when you meet her, meet up with her again in either Harrowstorm or in, in Greymoor, she will comment on the fact that she knows you and that they, you had a good adventure with her and, and whatnot. So it's those types of things that, that really kind of make players feel like um, we are paying attention to them. That's a really good point because, and again, I think it's something that, uh, you know, ESO seems to do so well, which is, though, you know, when you are playing through a, a quest line that there's just so much, 
kind of you know, the, there's a depth to the storytelling and the way that the uh, the player character gets engaged. So um, yeah, it's a great point to have those little subtle differences. Someone's not going to notice they missed something if if they didn't have that backstory attached. But it's a cool extra for somebody who who has been uh, you know whose character has played through all those sorts of facets of the game. That's really cool. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. Um, look, how, you know, it's one of the things thinking about like law being a part of the new antiquity system and things. You know, I mean, can you help again sort of for people who maybe they've mostly just played the normal Elder Scrolls games? Um, you know, where in a law sense does the events of ESO sit compared to, you know, the other games? Because I, I kind of feel like is there almost partly that for you guys on the MMO team, when people keep screaming for Elder Scrolls Five, you're like, hey, hello, we got like, Something pretty cool going on over here too. <laughs> <laughs> we get a lot less of that now, which is awesome because <laughs> people feel like you know ESO is actually a real Elder Scrolls game now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ESO takes place in the second era, which is about a thousand years before the events of Skyrim and Morrowind. You know, so um, we have a lot of latitude to kind of tell our own stories and show things in a little bit different of a light because yeah. we're so far in the past, uh, which is great because we've been able to, in some of our content, uh, give players a little bit of a nod to you know the games that they played before. So when we did our Morrowind chapter, um, when you went to, to Morrowind, to Vardenfell, and started exploring, you got to see the city of Vivek still under construction. Because it was yeah. a thousand years in the past, um, y- you know, y- you go to Somerset. Well, you haven't seen Somerset since Arena, but um, you know, you get to see it in kind of its pristine, pristine shape. Yeah. Um, so it-, it gives us a lot of opportunities to kind of tell our own stories and show players things that they might not necessarily have seen or thought of um, in an Elder Scrolls game before, which is cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, and. On the gameplay sort of uh, side of things, I'd love for your perspective on, you know, where do you feel like the overall balance sits in terms of where players actually are spending their time, you know, in sort of open world and questing or like dungeons, raids, PvP? Like what what is that sort of Elder Scrolls online, um, you know, player base kind of doing most of the time? Or is it, you know, is it, is it that magical it thing where it's a bit of everything? <laughs> yeah, it depends. I mean, what we've seen is... Uh, the players that are the most heavily invested in the game, the ones that have been playing for a year plus, kind of do everything across the board. They quest, they do dungeons, they do trials, they PvP. Um, 
you know, they participate in crafting and all that. They they just they're just kind of there to explore the world and and do things. Yeah. Um, you know, some of our newer players, um, they it takes them a while to kind of figure out what kind of game Elder Scrolls Online is. You know, they come <laughs> yeah. from other games where they're used to grind as or hard as you can, as fast as you can to get to max level because that's where the game begins. You know, that's not really what Elder Scrolls Online is. Our our game is more about the adventure and learning about the world and the lore and, um, you know, collecting item sets and items and building your house and, you know, doing all those kinds of things. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a, a full experience rather than just kind of going through that kind of treadmill of of getting gear and redoing it and redoing it that some other MMOs are. Um, and that takes a little while for players to learn, but once they get it, they're like, oh, this is cool, and now I can, you know, explore, and and that is ultimately what sets an Elder Scrolls game apart from other games, is that sense of exploration and freedom. Yeah. You can kind of play any way you want, kind of do anything you want. Um, there's no arbitrary levels that prevent you from going to locations or playing with your friends. Uh, your class doesn't necessarily restrict you to a role. You know, if you want to be a mage tank you can do that if you want to you know like it's it's really up to you how you want to play the game uh, and we give you all that freedom to do it yeah and look yeah i have yeah played uh, wow for a long time i think one of the most the clearest things that uh feels different about playing eso is the combat systems yeah so much more dynamic um you know i'd love your thoughts on how much work it is to kind of tweak and balance the system that is kind of so much more dynamic like that. Um, I, and is it balanced differently for sort of PvP versus um, PvE? Or, you know, is are all those systems kind of carefully balanced to to manage both sides of it all at once? Yeah, I mean, our combat system is, is very different. It's action-oriented. Yeah. Um, we don't have cooldowns in, in the game. Um, we are a resource management game. So, yeah. you know... Some abilities cost magic to use, some cost stamina to use. Um, active defense uses stamina. And so you're, you're kind of managing those pools. And the better you are at managing those, the more abilities you can cast and therefore the more damage you can, you can do. So it's very much a skill-based system. Uh, and that is extremely difficult to balance um, because a very high-skilled player um, can do significantly more damage than a lower skilled player. And, you know, we have to make some concessions when we go in and we start thinking about balance and, and whatnot. And so the overland is balanced to, you know, average players. You know, our dungeons are balanced to average players. Uh, our veteran dungeons and our veteran trials are balanced to a much higher skill level. Uh, and then PvP, fortunately, is um, just is all player versus player. So we don't have to worry about the, the monster side of things. We just have to worry about how do we try to get players with vastly different knowledges of the combat system? How do we get them to kind of play in the same space and feel like the lesser skilled players can participate and have an active kind of effect on combat. Mm. Uh, and one of the ways we kind of do that in Cyrodiil, especially is the introduction of siege weapons. So Siege was specifically kind of put in place so that um, players who were newer to the combat system and didn't necessarily grok the combat system could get in these kind of Siege weapons and shoot them and feel like they have a direct impact on 
you know, on battle. And it's been working. Um, we see a lot of a lot of newer players focus heavily on siege while they're you know first learning, and then they slowly start to move away from it, um, or only use it in specific cases as they start reaching the veteran veteran levels. Yeah, now that's really cool. Um, and so, you know, what I, what do you feel like when you're trying to tell somebody from the outside, you know, what what the key elements are that sets Elder Scrolls Online apart in this MMO category? <sighs> Well, I'd say for me, the big things are that freedom. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge one. Kind of play the way you want is 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 a huge thing. Um, being able to explore the world um, with anyone at any time is is a big one. Uh, another big one is um, what's the best way to say it. Um, you're kind of always the player is always relevant, and by that I mean, um, if you take a break and come back, the game hasn't radically changed. Um, you know, the the gear that you had is still kind of viable for the next um, chapter or expansion, if you will. Um, there's new gear for you to go and collect, um, but uh, you you don't have to completely start all over again. And then the the last bit is just the the game is all about kind of that exploration and the story uh, and your journey throughout the world rather than the kind of just get to end games so that you can start to experience the game kind of thing, right? It's it's all about that journey, which is a, a dramatic departure. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know, like what is it about? It's fun. It, it feels like a lot of other games, there is that feeling of, you know, that, the thing that the target for a player is like climb the ladder and then climb the ladder again. Yeah. Like, and mm-hmm. it's not to kind of even put down the idea of, you know, the grind as much, you know, people kind of call it that, but you know, it, it really is quite, it's, it sort of feels interesting that it's so different to, to not focus on that. As you say that like when you, when new content arrives, that someone actually doesn't just suddenly feel almost instantly underpowered all over again, um, and that everything they've ever done before is somehow not important. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, is, are there kind of things about how the community has, uh, you know, has sort of em- embraced kind of the, the Elder Scrolls way or are there stories you've heard from people who when it clicks for them that, oh, this is actually a whole different way of doing it um, that makes them kind of fall in love with, with this game? Yeah, we, we definitely, we hear it. On, on social media and on our forums, but we also see it in the data. We track yeah. a lot of player data just to kind of see what players are doing, how they're doing it. Um, we look at, you know, those, those, those players that have been playing for years. What are the things they're doing? What are they doing differently than maybe some players who only play for a short period of time and then leave? Like what, what are the, those players not getting or not understanding? And so we see a lot of, you know, what players are doing and yeah, as soon as you start to see you're kind of doing that breadth of activity rather than just a, a, an isolated focus on a, on a specific part of the game, that's when you start to see players really start sticking around for quite a long time. Yeah. So uh, let's a quick detour. I'd love to hear what what are you seeing so far on the whole vampire and werewolf side of you know of of the new the new content? Are, <coughs> you know, are many people deciding they 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 want to get those uh, abilities or have those uh, experiences as as quickly as possible or are, are a lot of people shying away from 
turning turning to the dark powers? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say, um, I mean, for the most part, it's been uh, really positive. You know, players really love kind of the whole experience now. Um, there are some players, some veteran vampire players who are used to kind of vampire being the way it was, where it was more of a passive thing. You didn't really have to participate in the system. You just kind of got the power. Um, and they, they don't like that kind of extra work because we kind of <laughs> flipped vampire around where now in order to become more powerful, you have to feed regularly. Uh, and there are now some pluses and minuses associated with it, whereas it was pretty much all bonuses before. Um, so there are some players that, that don't necessarily like that, but you know, the vast majority of players um, love the new feeding animations. They love that kind of visceral gore, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of thing. Um, and a lot of players really enjoy the fact that now they can play as a vampire and it feels like they're a vampire. You know, before we made these updates, vampire was really just a passive or two and maybe an active ability and that's about it like players wouldn't really participate with it and now you can have your entire bar full of vampire abilities <laughs> yeah, cool. uh, and be and have it be a viable build now not just kind of what players would call a cheese build or you know an off meta build now it's actually viable which is cool yeah oh, that's great um so look yeah i'll give you a, a wrap-up question big picture what do you feel like, what's your proudest you know thing about uh elder scrolls online i mean you've been there for so long um oh, you know, wow. and it's been a long journey but you know how uh how do you feel about it you know on that big picture sense i mean i i love it i've been working on this game since 2007 so 13 years now um I'd say probably my proudest – well, I have, a, I have a bunch, but I think one of them is just getting to launch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was a huge, huge undertaking. We learned so much. Um, and then kind of the, the next big one would be um, probably one Tamriel, that kind of fourth quarter to 2016. Yeah. Um, that was when we – really turned things around and that was when we got rid of the the level gates preventing you from kind of going around and exploring all over the place uh, and i think that was kind of that last big thing that turned it the game from this is an mmo with elder scrolls trappings to this is an elder scrolls game this is an rpg that is also online like i think that was really the big turning point and that was when we started seeing the big shift in player sentiment and the big shift in seeing players come back and start playing more and more and more and now we've you know we've done a complete 180 and we're you know super popular now and we are uh, doing extremely well i mean look that's such a great point isn't it that you know that there's not many games where you know the the effort and particularly in this sort of mmo space that effort to kind of shift models and then find that way to to revitalize a game that it has been done so successfully by you guys. So that must be, yeah, just such a great feeling to, uh, you know, is it, you know, on, like uh, on most measures, is it just a, you know, bigger than it's ever been type game at the moment? Oh, yeah, it is. Um, it's doing extremely well. We haven't seen the types of numbers we are seeing this year uh, since console launch back in 2015. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Awesome. So super healthy. Community's growing like crazy. Um, it, it is a good time. Excellent. Look, thank you so much for your time again, Rich. 
Yeah, absolutely. This was uh, great. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.